Listen, I get it. There are about a hundred different Bible study apps and guides out there, but I want to tell you about one that you may not have heard of yet, Yarrow. Yarrow offers beautifully designed inductive Bible studies and a digital app that guides you through scripture so that you can know what it says and understand what it means for your actual life. No matter where you're coming from or what season of life you're in, Yarrow is the Bible study guide that will help you unearth the truth of scripture so that it can take root in your heart and propel you deeper in your relationship with God. Go check out their first study, Known, which is all about your identity in Christ at yarrow.org. They are offering 10% off with the code JOURNEYWOMEN10. So go to yarrow.org and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN10 for 10% off and download the Yarrow app to study for free today. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women podcast, I'm chatting with Lauren Weir on the topic of asking intentional questions. Y'all know question asking is one of my favorite topics. And let me just be the first to say that Lauren absolutely knocked it out of the park and taught me so much. We talked about everything from how we can ask intentional questions in our study of the word to how we can use intentional questions to know and love one another better. Listen to what she said. If we are entrusted ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation, we ultimately love people best by leading them to Jesus, but we can't lead them if we don't know where they are. Y'all, I really believe this conversation is going to help you in your endeavor to know and love others with the hope of loving them, enjoying them, and pointing them to Jesus. So that you'll know her a little better, Lauren is a wife, mother, and lover of Jesus with a heart that beats to communicate the goodness and the glory of God. Her love for God's word and discipleship led her to pursue a Master of Biblical Counseling degree from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. She's the owner of Words Worth Noting. She loves counseling, writing, creating, and discipling as much as she loves getting to spend a whole lot of time with her little girl. Now, on to my conversation with Lauren on the topic of asking intentional questions. Lauren, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Should we tell everybody about the writers group that has now (laughs) been on Journey Women in its entirety? (laughs) Oh, I think we should because it's really one of the greatest joys of my life to be in it. How did the, I guess, one, two, three, four, five of you guys get connected? Four. Four total. Yes. So basically about a year and a half ago, I felt God just really pressing me to take writing seriously. I've never been trained in writing in any way. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, I don't really know what that means, but my husband was like, you just need to talk to someone who's done it before. And Maggie had just sent me her book and I, which is unsuper mommy and I love it and I highly recommend it and I give it to every person who has a baby. And so I just reached out to her and said, hi, would you talk to me about writing anytime ever? that's good for you. I gave like 10 disclaimers and, um, she just immediately responded. Yes, because writing is such a huge part of my life and I don't have anyone to talk about it with. And I was like, 
thank you, Lord. And so she literally just took me under her wing. Um, she has taught me everything I know about writing and has, um, you know, she started editing my blog posts. And after the first one, she was like, Ooh, let me send you a Voxer before you read it. You know, I just want you to know, like she had torn it apart and I loved it because who would take that much time to invest in, you know, someone and their ministry. And so from that point, like I knew Caroline already through her story and soul retreat that she does in my area and, um, had just seen that she was like writing and, I reached out to her to encourage her and um turns out we were both reading Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott which yeah. is a, a writing book and she Maggie was like hey do you think Caroline would want to talk about that too and so we got her on and then I think Abby had a similar experience with Maggie of just like, hey, would you ever want to share some of your publishing story with me? And Maggie was like, well, listen, I'm already doing this thing. You need to get in our group. And um, so we kind of twisted Abby's arm to get in and... Uh, I mean, we talk every day. It's literally the best. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. And you guys are coming to Nashville soon and I'm going to yes, meet you. So it's just, it's yes. really, really fun because I don't know, I didn't know any of you in person until I was able to meet Abby at the Gospel Coalition this, yes. I guess, early summer. So anyways, I'm just so happy to have you on because I feel like you're Thank a dear you. friend um, from uh, being connected. Same. Many people may not know this, but Maggie's episode was one of the most popular we've ever released on the yes, Journeywoman podcast. Uh, and through that, I actually asked her to come on uh, the team and she writes a couple of our Instagram posts every week. So uh, people are already familiar with her, even if they didn't know that she was yes, behind the Instagram uh, captions. And um, yeah, so it's just really fun to get to to get to complete the quadruped today. Uh, I'm just <laughs> so honored and just, yeah, I can't believe this is happening. So <laughs> well, could you tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Lauren Weir, and I just, I love Jesus and ultimately desire my life to be shaped around His gospel. So my life looks a little bit like I am married to my husband, Ben, and because he works faithfully outside our home, um, I have the privilege of working in a couple of different capacities, as well as getting to stay home a good chunk of the time with my daughter, Harper. She's not a baby anymore. So cute. So when people ask me, like, what do you do? I usually say, you just ask the jackpot question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have my master's in biblical counseling from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I have the greatest privilege of counseling a few women at a time out of my home. So cool. Um, Yeah, it is truly the greatest honor that others would allow me the privilege of seeing just the hard stuff in their lives and being given the freedom to speak and um, lead them ultimately to Jesus. So, um, and while I was at Southeastern, the Lord awakened these creative desires in my heart that I really didn't know were there. And I started this online ministry called Words Worth Noting, mm-hmm. which has really just been the outworking of my own sanctification and the space where my giftings have become apparent to me, (laughs) Um, like writing and working creatively to meet the needs of God's people 
that he reveals really as I minister through face-to-face mm-hmm. discipleship or mm-hmm. counseling or Bible study. So yeah, I just, I believe that God's wired me to do several different things. And I find that I'm better at each of them because I do the others, um, you know, just like a better counselor because I get to process through writing or a better creator because mm-hmm. I get to disciple and counsel women in person and just a overall better minister because <laughs> I get to be pressed daily for my need of God through motherhood. Yes, yes, I totally hear you in that. And <laughs> when I was looking around for somebody to talk with um, the topic of intentional question asking, your name came up from mm. everybody in your writer's group because they're all women <laughs> that I have grown to trust. And they're all like, you have to ask Lauren, she would be the mm. best. And I knew of words worth noting and love it and just didn't really make the connection that you're actually a counselor. So I feel like there's nobody better than a counselor to (laughs) learn from in that regard, because that's a lot of what you guys do professionally, right? Like asking intentional questions to help people really get to the heart of a matter. Yes, yes. You know, as I studied Jesus in scripture, a lot of times he ask questions rather than giving answers. And that that is really curious to me. And and I think that that's like part of the ministry that I get to do is to invite people into the process of growth and um, self-examination through asking intentional questions. So for sure, it's such a tool for discipleship. And you see that all through the New Testament, like he's asking questions, who do you say that I am? Like, do you really want to get well? Why are you so afraid? You know, and and leading people to the answer. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to talk about that. Like, where do we actually see intentional question asking modeled in the biblical text? Yeah, so it pains me so much to start here, but I have to, and I think it's pretty vital to our experience in the faith. The first question in all of scripture, do you know it? No. Where are you? Uh, I know that's what I thought too, but then I began studying a little bit deeper and it's from the lips of the serpent. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. Um, so this simple, pinpointed, intentional question resulted in the unraveling of all creation. Wow. So yeah, right here we have the idea of how powerful For an intentional sure. question can be. Yeah, it kind of clues us into the battle we're all still facing in the wake of the fall. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's not long before God comes close and He says, where are you? And we know that he's not asking for information's sake, you know? Yes. He's asking because he is in relationship with them. So he, the one offended, is actually drawing near and making room for their confession. He pursues them by asking question after question. Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I command you not to eat? What is this that you have done? And These questions really show us the reality that we were designed to be in relationship with God and that all our actions and desires are never limited to our own experience, but are always happening with respect to God. Yes. As we continue to travel through scripture, 
we really find this model throughout that every person in relationship with God is typically asking questions of him. So you see Abraham asking God for evidence of his promise for his son. Yeah. Um, Isaac asked his father the question that rings loud throughout the Old Testament. Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Moses, of course, with his famous, who am I when God calls him? I'm sure most of us have felt that. And then we see this transition. Moses begins setting the tone for the coming mediator. So now that now that um, God's creatures are a sin-stained people, they can't come near to him. Um, but he desires that we be close to him still. So he sets up the sacrificial system and he anoints prophets to make a way for his people to still come to him. Um, So we see throughout the Psalms, the people of God Mm -hmm. crying out Mm -hmm. with really rich and vulnerable questions. How long, O Lord, how can a young man keep his way pure? You know, and then in the wisdom literature, um, like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, it, it employs questions to teach. Right. And then essentially the whole book of Job is nothing but questions, (laughs) which I think really puts on display that we are limited creatures with limited understanding and are left without answers unless God intervenes. Then we come to the best question asker himself, (laughs) which as we, you know, already said is Jesus. And yes, a couple of years ago, I went through the gospels and, just looked at how Jesus responded to different groups of people. And one of the things I discovered is what I mentioned earlier is just that Jesus often asks questions instead of giving answers. And he does this intentionally. He makes room for their faith to grow because when we're simply given answers or instructions, we don't always allow them to confront what we already believe, you know? And so... Yes, I do. It's like it doesn't sink in as deeply. Right. Yeah. And I I kind of employed the same thing with a Bible study I led a couple of years ago that I just shaped it around questions. And I, I really saw the girls grow so much because they were at the end of them, they were like, I didn't believe that about this topic, you know? Um, so just to, you know, Jesus is always us encouraging us to join him in self-examination and um, to find all we need in him. Do you ever find yourself so busy that you can't find time to prioritize God's word? Dwell Bible app can help you out. With Dwell, I can listen to and meditate on the scriptures in the car, in the middle of the night, or while I'm making meals and tending to the needs of our household. Incorporating the Bible into everyday moments is so easy with Dwell. I am constantly using the playlists on walks or as I fall asleep to review the scripture that I have been memorizing. The soothing background music, the ability to select your preferred translation or narrator, the sleep timer, and the read-along feature with Dwell make it the most helpful Bible reading app on the market. Their newest release is called Dwell Daily, and it will help you immerse yourself in the Word, pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for 25% off.
you know, as you're talking, I think we all look at the way Jesus modeled that, uh, Mm -hmm. particularly with his disciples. And Mm -hmm. as those who are going and making disciples of all nations, we think to ourselves Mm -hmm. like, oh, what would that look like in our own life? But it's really hard to learn and to employ. Um, Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of thought. And and sometimes I feel like I neglect an opportunity to ask a question just because it's easier to like, tell, (laughs) particularly with my kids. So maybe we should talk about like the goal of asking intentional questions. Like why is it helpful for us to develop the art of doing this? Yeah. And so I just have to point out that this is essentially the premise of journey women. (laughs) You know, like you ask these intentional questions and it's been the method for which so many of your listeners have grown in their walks with the Lord. So mm-hmm. um, I really think, you know, we ask intentional questions to take in information, but for a purpose. And yes. two main purposes I've identified are to learn and to love. So for the first, you know, the first purpose is obviously to learn, to grow, to understand to gain wisdom and knowledge to navigate this life. And, you know, throughout our schooling, we're always asked questions and different kinds of questions too. ones that are straightforward, ones that invite us to respond and explain ones that press us to analyze and questions are generally how most of our tests are formed and Mm -hmm. being able to answer those questions is how we assess the measure of what we've actually learned. So, you know, you think about the catechisms, they are all in question form. So true. So yeah, I think learning is one. And then the other purpose is really to love. The first one definitely plays a role in relationships is especially about being in relationships. So if we think about the word intentional, it goes back to our motives. And Luke 6.45 says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, you know, why are we asking questions? Well, if we are entrusted ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation, we ultimately love people best by leading them to Jesus. But we, we can't lead them if we don't know where they are. Exactly. You know? Yes. Not everyone experiences life the same as we do. You know, I remember a friend sharing a situation and I knew instantly that I would have responded with sadness or despair. But I asked her, you know, what were you thinking and feeling in that moment? And she said, I'm just so angry. It was kind of eye-opening to me because we often assume that others experience is probably the same as ours. But Mm -hmm. when we actually ask, we find that, well, anger has a different obstacle to overcome in reconciliation to God than sadness or despair. Mm -hmm. When we discover those roots, we can bring appropriate ministry. Yeah. People ask me often because of our lifestyle, you know, with it being so transient, how is it that you build community or Mm -hmm. how is it that you handle the transitions that you face and, you know, get to know people in every different duty station that you've lived in or whatever. We're military if somebody's just tuning in for the first time. And one of the things I always say is like, when you walk into a room, be a there you are person instead of like a here I am just talking about yourself the whole time and instead seeking to know, because Mm -hmm. it's really at the core of a person like to really desire to both know and to be known. Right. So I've really tried to employ that in building relationships as we've moved a myriad of places over the last seven years. 
But what I've realized also in that process is that some people aren't quite so eager to either (laughs) ask a question or be asked a question, particularly Mm -hmm. in my demographic, because I think there starts to become like a hardness of person as we have to navigate transitions and relationships in particular, like over Mm -hmm. and over and over Mm -hmm. again. So my question is, besides inability and like a newness to a relationship, like I'm talking about, what do you think Mm -hmm. are maybe some deeper reasons that may keep us from engaging in Mm -hmm. asking intentional questions of one another? Yeah. You know, I think there are multiple reasons, but one of them is what you've mentioned is it may be that we've stepped out of our comfort zones before and we've asked intentional questions only to be shut down or met with a blank stare. And this kind of response has, you know, scarred us or impacted the way we walk into other relationships. So it may be that there's need for receiving ministry from the Lord in this area. And this other reason kind of plays off of that one, but it's one that our community group talked about recently. One of the main points of the sermon we were discussing was to be concerned for one another out of Hebrews 10, for Mm. her holiness, for her well-being, for her faithfulness. And we discovered that one of the reasons we fail to show concern for others in this deep way is that we are too concerned for self. We care more about how we'll come off or if the relationship will get awkward or uncomfortable. And we don't want to sacrifice our time or our mental space or our image. And we're afraid we won't know what to say. And then we end up second guessing everything we've said. And yeah, to be able to ask intentional questions really takes getting outside of ourselves and really cultivating a biblical worldview, a worldview that sees beyond the here and now and more than just like, what did you do today? Or, you know, kind of the surface level stuff that we often resort to. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. It gets deep. Like that's the thing. (laughs) And that's what's really cool about my experience of meeting Mm -hmm. so many different people from all over the U.S. just by nature of what the Lord set before us. Yeah. It's tremendous to see you know, yes, there, there have, I've definitely had those awkward moments. I could like, (laughs) I could tell you some stories because, you know, I didn't really um, contextualize the questions Mm. that I was asking when we first came into the military and that's okay. There's grace Mm -hmm. for that. Like Mm -hmm. I learned. Um, But then I think over time, as I learned how to engage with the demographic more intentionally in a way that like communicates care and value mm-hmm. it just leads you to this potent opportunity to get to share like you said the ministry of reconciliation the good news of yeah. the gospel with other people yeah. um, particularly when they're in a situation that may be really dire like their mm-hmm. husband being gone or them yes. facing like you know tremendous fears um, mm-hmm. given the circumstances that they're in and things like that so I just I found it to be such a potent tool for evangelism really have you experienced that too yeah I love what you said about um, just being able to con- like learning to contextualize and I think that questions really help us to do that um, you know I think that <laughs> when we are getting to know someone, we have this opportunity to see a new glimpse of God, like see the way that He's been authoring their lives. And on our part, we do have this mission to communicate care and embody the gospel of Christ who moves towards others and invites them into the kingdom. 
but we also have the freedom to discover more of God and his creative wisdom and his faithfulness and his wonder, you know, and so, so really allowing these questions Mm -hmm. to be a means to love someone and not just treat kind of as a project to get the gospel across. Totally. Yeah. I'm um, really, really glad you brought that up because there's such mm, an element of curiosity and then just a willingness to kind of sit in something that you may be totally unfamiliar with. I think that can be really difficult. Absolutely. It's definitely been something that I've had to learn that that's not bad. That's Mm -hmm. actually really a wonderful, beautiful opportunity. Yeah. And it really puts you in a position of humility to go to God and say like, wow, I I know my need because I don't know how to respond in this situation. And and that ultimately is just going to bear more fruit in your own life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It reminds you that like, being let into someone's life is a privilege and an honor. Um, yes, it is. So we don't just don't take that lightly. Yeah. Yes. I think there's also an element of offering ourselves. And mm. I wasn't very good at this when we first got into the military. I had taken the whole like be a there you are person, not a here mm-hmm. I am to the extent to which I hadn't actually offered myself to mm. the person. And don't yeah. you think there's like an element of hospitality and welcoming others in and allowing them to see who you are as a means to make them feel more comfortable with, you mm-hmm. know, sharing the deeper parts of their heart as well? Yes, I think that that is such a beautiful way to phrase it. I wrote this piece about a pray my, my home makes others feel safe. And mm-hmm. Um, It really came because I met with two young women on the same day who both cried at at just feeling like the safeness to share particular sins that they were struggling with. And um, man, so I just was like, God, may this always be the case. And what has made it the case? And really it's, um, you know, I think what you're saying is so on it of, we want to be able to forsake like any pretense mm-hmm. that we don't need Jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. and to get low and to serve others through through opening up our own lives and through being honest about the places that we struggle and really be willing to be used by God in any way so that he may get honor and that we forsake honor in the eyes of men. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And then I think it just has this beautiful way of making us feel interconnected to that person, Mm -hmm. even if they're not a believer. Like, I think at first I had this mission to share the gospel, you know, Mm -hmm. and and to meet people there with the gospel in their place of Mm -hmm. need. And I didn't really think that they had that much to offer me, particularly if they weren't like walking with the Lord. And I don't know, it was just a period of time in which I began to feel really lonely and isolated because I was like starting to kind of play that role of counselor in people's lives and not Mm -hmm. really reciprocate very much and engage with my own experience. And I almost had to relearn how to offer myself to them, even if they weren't asking questions. And I think that can be really hard for somebody who really loves and is passionate about knowing um, another person through intentional question asking mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and to know that sometimes you're not going to be asked anything in response and so yes, you kind yes. of to figure out how am I going to divulge of myself right even if I'm not being asked in a way that is like you said humble and hospitable yeah I think that that takes your own intimacy with the Lord being 
just so strong and so willing to engage those places. Yeah. So that you can learn how to navigate those kinds of situations. Right. You brought up another point that I wanted to touch on was just we as believers can rightly feel really burdened for others to know and believe in the gospel. Mm -hmm. But we can often get tunnel vision, you know, we right. like start looking for any point where we can share our faith to the point that it cripples us. Right. And when Jesus came, we did see him preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the masses and to groups. But when it came to one-on-one, he was much more conversational and he wanted to draw each person out, you know, draw his or her heart and the places that were interfering with their belief in him and in the same way, by asking questions, we can find entry points. You know, what are the places of pain or mm, longstanding hurt mm-hmm. or bitterness and resentment and confusion and fear and unbelief that this particular person faces? And really, this goes back to where we, you know, first began is that God created us to be in relationship with Him and to understand our purpose and our worth and significance in ever increasing measure by being free to come to him and live for him. But sin marred every part of our humanity. Our desires that were once for God have now been turned to self and we were never meant to live as gods. And this worship of self really just results in shame and loneliness and Mm -hmm. We experience confusion and chaos, depression and anxiety, disordered thinking that becomes slavery. And when we can serve others by asking loving questions that engage that particular place, it really can prompt their awareness of need and ultimately bring to light their need of God. So, you know, why do I do what I do or Mm -hmm. feel what I feel or desire what I desire? it brings people to this place that helps to cultivate the good soil that Jesus referred to in Luke 8 and Matthew Mm. 13 that could actually receive the word. People won't necessarily connect with a generic gospel presentation of Jesus died for your sins and your shame. But, you know, when you can contextualize the gospel and bring it to that place Mm. of unbelief, like, you know, all of the affection and the approval you're living for that leaves you empty and searching, God has given you an eternal measure, you know, or that place you are asking you to tell you who you are, that job, that role of wife or mother or single woman. It was just never meant to bear the burden of your identity. And I see the way that it's crushing you and really enslaving you, but you were made for worship of God himself and this God exchanges life and freedom when we find our identity in His Son. So, Mm. you know, when we can contextualize the gospel, it has the potential to hit home more readily and bring someone to begin asking, who is this God? I want to know Him. How do I know Him? And then we can bring the call to repent and believe the gospel, that the gospel is actually true. Yes, absolutely. I just looked up the word contextualize, just in case anybody (laughs) isn't familiar with that term. It's something that we often use when we're talking about missions, like Mm. to speak about something in the way in which they would speak Mm. about it, right? Mm -hmm, Or mm -hmm. the actual definition is to place or study in context, 
So you have to go in and there's an element of observing the situation, Mm -hmm. asking questions, engaging with the scenario. Like, and a lot of times those look like life questions, like historical questions, like where did you come from? And, you know, what are your heartaches? What are your hopes? What are um, the things that, um, really make you come alive and uh, and just knowing those things about a person will enable you to speak in the way in which you just described so beautifully Lauren um to their unique situation i.e. Yeah. contextualizing the gospel so I think one of the most potent ways that I have like learned to do this is to actually learn to ask myself questions. Mm, Love it when somebody comes in like you, Lauren, maybe we should be best (laughs) friends outside of this, who helps me learn how to ask those questions. I think that people in my life have helped me. Being in counseling has helped me learn how to ask those questions. So -hmm. can you help us as a counselor Help us know how can we ask intentional questions of ourselves for processing purposes or like as a heart check? Because I think that we really have to know how to do this ourselves in order to actually come alongside somebody and help them do it as well. Yes, I think you're so right. And I really want to say that it takes practice and it takes Mm -hmm. intentionality, which I guess intentional questions (laughs) um, is what we're talking about. But, you know, one of the massive undeniable claims of scripture is that our every action, thought, emotion, and word proceeds from the heart. David Mm -hmm. Pallison is one of the forerunners of biblical counseling, and he says that we are always active verbs with respect to God. We are never passive. So yes, things may happen to us, but we are always interpreting, always responding to life, and ultimately to God in some way. So asking intentional questions of our heart sets us up to discover those things we're hoping others can discover too, is why do I do what I do? Why why do I say what I say? And it gives awareness that will then aid us in the process of sanctification and keep us from dwelling in sin and hurt and bitterness and ultimately move us down the road of holiness we're called to run in this life that affords us the privilege of knowing Jesus more. There's this great resource. I know you've mentioned it here before, but um, David Pallison's called the X-ray questions that are super helpful. Yes, But something that I've realized that I've unknowingly made a habit of forming self-examination questions as application of the scriptures. So for example, when I see the fruit of anxiety in my life, the spirit will often prompt me back to the Lord with, you know, how am I seeking first my own kingdom or mm, I love even that. going yeah. to the larger context of Matthew 6 is how am I trying to practice my righteousness before the eyes of men and earn their fleeting reward instead of the reward that comes in secret from my father? Mm. Man, you had to throw um, that in there for me. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking to boost your protein intake in the new year? Many of us are not getting enough protein, especially at breakfast, so PrepDish wants to help you out. For the month of January, PrepDish is offering bonus protein boost meal plans when you sign up. This free bonus shows you how to quickly prep four protein-rich dinners and one breakfast to help you reach your protein goals. Each menu will have you covered for the whole week. 
You guys, these meals are super mouthwatering and delicious. They have slow cooker carnitas bowls, stuffed pepper soup, and a Swiss chard mushroom and goat cheese frittata. Just imagine coming home to a ready-for-you protein-rich meal to refuel after a long day at work. This is a limited time offer, so make sure to sign up before the end of January to get these free bonus meal plans. Head into your healthiest year yet, feeling confident that dinner is planned, prepped, and will sustain you for all the things you have going that day with PrepDish. Check it out and get a two-week free trial at PrepDish.com journey. Remember, for the month of January, anyone who signs up gets the Protein Boost Meal Plan bonus. Again, that's PrepDish.com journey for two weeks free plus bonus menus. It's one of the things that I practice when I come to the text, when I come to the word of God, asking these intentional questions of the text. And I love that you took it a step further and even like Mm. said that that's how you, you know, kind of move towards application. So Mm -hmm. how can we ask intentional questions in our study of the word and Mm -hmm. how can doing that ground us in the gospel and in gospel centered application? Yes. And okay, this is absolutely one of my favorite topics. So <laughs> you might have to cut me off. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we often can put God's word in a box coming to it, you know, only asking the application question of what does this have for me today? Mm-hmm. Or we come to it with familiarity and we don't ask questions at all, you know, but God's word is so much more than this. And it's, it's the primary and authoritative means by which we know God. It's Uh meant to shape the way we see our entire lives. And this kind of reorienting, transforming of the mind doesn't come quickly. And it does not come when we don't engage humbly and come eager to learn. So You know, for example, most of us probably think or have thought at one time that the historical books in the Old Testament were simply written down like a man with a clipboard, watching it all unfold and feverishly jotting down everything he saw. But, you know, that's just not the case. And if we think about Moses's life, who wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, he grew up in Pharaoh's household for 40 years he was so crazy trained. to think about. Yeah, he, the, he had access. He was trained and taught in a way that the Hebrew slaves were not. And, you know, he had certain privileges to, you know, maybe books and learning that shaped him for the call of actually writing down God's word. And, you know, as I engage the process of writing, you know this too, Hunter, as a writer, I'm not just writing down things as they happened. I'm capturing the event with specific language that shares with the reader a specific point and moves her to a specific conclusion that would help her make her own application. So in the same way, Moses and the other authors of scripture employ literary devices that aren't always easily detected, that take a, you know time to uncover. And this is why question asking is absolutely vital to our study of scripture. Um, you know, the tried and true method for Bible study is, of course, observation, interpretation, application, uh-huh. and all it is, is questions. <laughs> 
Yes, it is. You're so right because you're asking <laughs> questions like who, what, where, when, why in your observation. Mm-hmm. Then you're moving into your interpretation like, huh, what does this mean? What does that right. mean? Like, right. why does it say it this way? And then you go right. and explore those answers. And then with application, you're asking yourself questions like yes. you said so that you can figure out what do I do as a result of what I've learned? Right, exactly. And, you know, I accidentally found myself in Matthew for a year, a couple of years ago. So (laughs) then I decided to make it a thing and I went through Luke last year and now I'm in John. That's awesome. I read other books during the year as well, but I've really seen a shift in my understanding of God as I've just taken it really slowly, just really letting myself get lost in the story, asking questions at every corner. You know, why did Jesus respond this way? How did his disciples feel when this happened? What does this actually mean? Mm -hmm. For example, you know, in John 6, it begins with the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus simply says, have the people sit down. Well, I started thinking like there weren't megaphones then, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. the disciples Mm -hmm. literally had to work hard to get the people to sit down. And Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that they saw the full gamut of humanity that day, you know, some (laughs) who were impatient or Mm -hmm. greedy or entitled and some who were excited and some who were (laughs) grateful and maybe they had to explain themselves over and over again, you know, but they didn't really know what was happening. And so just, you know, constantly feeling pressed to the end of themselves. Then they passed out the food and then they had to collect the food. So I'm just like, I've never like thought about that passage in that way. I'm sure they were exhausted at the end of the day. And for sure, um, one of the things is because I think that, this kind of practice has cultivated patience in me to wait for understanding and trust that the application will come, which honestly is sometimes weeks later when I'm not actually face to face with my Bible. It teaches me humility because I have to really grow content with being in the tension of the in-between and I don't know, Mm -hmm. and this is hard to understand. And that is yeah, cultivates humility in me. Um, And so honestly, it was a couple of weeks later when a friend reached out to ask for prayer um, because the day ahead of her would be really hard. You know, it was full of ministry things, but it was really hard. And without hesitation, I connected the John 6 passage and eventually ended with, I don't want to be the one sitting passively on the comfy lawn receiving this miraculous bread. I want to be the one touching the hands that are in fact the bread of life. And if that's the case, well, that's actually going to require a lot more of me than Mm -hmm. the former. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like application when it comes after we've really taken the time to engage the scriptures and not skim them or treat them lightly, we open ourselves up to receiving from God and His Word is always in some form making us either ache for the gospel, growing us in awe of the gospel and gratitude for it, and always making us know our need of it. Yeah, I completely agree. I was just talking to a girlfriend over voice memo today, and she was mentioning that she has started to listen to the Ask Me Who catechism CD for kiddos that I often recommend. And she said her little boy was back in the back seat singing, What is God? God is a spirit. 
and you know it keeps going and it says and does not have a body like men mm-hmm. and she she told me she goes I just started thinking about that question mm-hmm. and she goes I've been thinking about that question for a week and a half mm-hmm. and she was like then all of a sudden you know she's also doing uh, some systematic theology work and she started studying the Trinity and it's like, wow. that, you know, it's illuminating like yes, what this, what it uh, means that he is spirit. And she's just like, I just want to say, I, I don't think I would have thought about it like that had mm-hmm. I not been pondering this question. Like, what is God, you know, yes. all day long? <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's such a potent opportunity for us to really learn. And that's why I just want to encourage women like to not feel like they have to walk away with the answers right away. Yes. In fact, oh, I think yes. if you sit with that question for a long enough period of time, your answers are going to penetrate your heart in a more potent mm-hmm. way that you might actually remember versus quickly looking right. it up on the really wonderful um, resources that we have access to real readily at our fingertips. I think right. my temptation is just to want to have all the answers, but instead, mm-hmm. like you said, to embrace that humble position of really not knowing and still inquiring and seeking answers and looking back to the text for that. So, okay, we talked about knowing ourselves through asking, you know, mm-hmm. intentional questions of ourselves and mm-hmm. then knowing God and who God is and knowing mm-hmm. the gospel as we engage with the scriptures and ask intentional questions of the scriptures, ask intentional questions of our hearts as we are engaging with the scriptures and yes. application. So how can we take all of this and come alongside one another Mm -hmm. in discipleship relationships and in friendship to really get to know someone, to communicate care, to build relationships, to share the gospel, to do all the things that we've been talking about? Yes, yes. I think this is vital to our understanding of asking intentional questions is that like, you know, we were made for relationship with God, but he has called us to be in relationship with each other. And, you know, we are given the purpose of caring in such a way that others would know Jesus more. And, you know, as we talked about, Jesus contextualizes his ministry. So to some, he shares parables, to some, he asks challenging questions, to some, he asks penetrating yet gentle questions. And, you know, some he just heals and says, follow me. So Mm -hmm. knowing kind of what are the responsibilities of each of these like roles is really helpful. So in discipleship, we're entrusted with the task of seeing others learn all that Jesus taught and all that he commanded. So when we ask intentional questions, we can discover important gaps where his teaching hasn't taken root. And from that Mm. point on, you know, we can set out to spend time studying maybe a certain book in scripture or a certain topic in scripture to faithfully fulfill Jesus's desire for discipleship. And in friendships, which I think most of my friends get a little bit of discipleship from me, (laughs) Um, but there's a little bit of a difference in responsibility, but it's the same mission. Like, how can I know this person more? Where is God working in her life? How can I lead her to join with Him in that work? How can Uh I encourage her to endure with the gospel? You know, so again, it's it's learning to contextualize uh, the particular uh. ministry of reconciliation and walk alongside someone to be living life with them and be life givers to them. Mm, that's why I love being friends with counselors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so practically speaking, when you're mm-hmm. engaging with somebody on this level, what are you thinking through when you're asking questions? 
Yeah. So what's going to get us below the surface? Mm -hmm. In school, we had a semester-long course on listening. So I really believe wow. it's a learned, yeah, it, it was, it's a learned skill, but right. you know, here's a little bit of a glimpse. So like, you know, looking in the eye, but also some people open up a lot better when you're not looking in the eye. They open up when you're on a walk or driving or just oh, not yeah. sitting. Like going during... alongside them type of thing. Yes. Yeah. And I think just, you know, posturing yourself as a good listener. So not acting ready to move on or not breaking in with interruptions, putting your phone away, you know, truly listening to their response rather than preparing my next response um, and just some nonverbal cues. I'm looking for those places where shoulders get tense or emotion bubbles or eye mm. contact wanes, you know, picking up on those cues that tell me, Hey, this place is important. Mm. Um, so I'm always thinking through and this, this isn't as practical, but it is, I think it's really helpful is, um, I'm always thinking through what piece of God's character is this person missing? You know, what is God mm -hmm. doing in this person's life that I can encourage them to engage in or take note of or rejoice in? And then I'm always thinking about what are the roots of what they are expressing? But yeah, counseling, it's a little bit trickier to answer. Uh, it's similar, but I'm also thinking through, you know, just the history of, um, our relationship and what they've shared and thinking too about how Jesus used questions. Um, and instead of revealing to them kind of maybe what the spirit mm -hmm. has revealed to me, our potential roots of unbelief, I might ask just a general question regarding that topic, you know, like how does the concept of neediness resonate with you? So yeah, those are yeah. just a few practical things. Hmm, yeah, that's really, really interesting. I was thinking about your question. So now you have me yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes happens too. <laughs> Do you have any encouragement for somebody who's listening and they're like, yeah, in particular, like just even hearing you spout that beautiful question <laughs> off, like how does neediness resonate with you? Like I know somebody's out there thinking like, man, I really stink at this. So what encouragement do you have for somebody who doesn't feel like they're very good at asking questions? Do you have any practical tips if they're like, I want to do this, yes. but I, I got to start at like a ground zero. Ground yes. zero. Yes. Um, you know, my encouragement is study Jesus kind of in the way that I've been talking yeah. about. Do you feel like that's been helpful for you? Like, have you developed <sighs> in the art of question asking as you've engaged with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, I see that friends would, you know, share something and I would see, oh man, this is, this is a place where the gospel is missing in your life. But to just say that doesn't always do the trick, you know, it's like, it can have the opposite effect. I feel exactly. like it can make people actually not want to share with you because then they yes. feel like they have to have it. Like you feel kind of judged for not knowing the gospel. Right, right. And that is like... Important you know, to all of us. Right. We all have blinders. <laughs> we all need to see. And so, you know, just 
seeing that like, oh, this is why Jesus shared parables because he actually Mm. wanted those people to go home and think about these things and actually see it play out in their lives. You know, um, the shepherds and the people who are farmers, like so that so that they would process and interact with God in a way that would bring about change. So, yes, I that's like my number one is study Jesus. So I love um, it. That is, I I just don't feel like you can go wrong with that. mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree. That is a great (laughs) Sunday school answer. Um, So, and aside from, you know, what we've said above, just pray, I think, you know, pray for for the people you're going to spend time with. And Uh um, I generally make a habit of if I'm on, if I'm driving to meet someone or just in the minutes before they get to my house, I'm just praying for them. And I'm trying to take that extra step of getting outside of myself and into their world. And so when I do this, I get to points in prayer that I think, I really don't know what to pray. Like, how are they feeling or what's going on with them in this area? Mm -hmm. So I should ask about that. That's a good question, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then some other kind of practical things are, I think that it's so easy to ask closed-end questions. Oh, the yes or the no answer. Yes. Just kind of shuts it down. (laughs) Right. And and so to know that those generally start with a D, (laughs) Um, do or don't, and in easy way to switch to an open-ended question is by adding a how to the front. So like, do you like your job? Change it to how do you like your job? You know, it creates a lot more space. Yeah, I know. That is a really good practical tip. (laughs) You know, when I first started doing this, um, Uh particularly in this context, that was really unfamiliar to me. Like I have no military background or anything. Mm I remember going into situations and really making a point to try and remember because I'm like good at asking questions. Yes. But sometimes I'm not very good at listening and remembering (laughs) what people have said. And so I would even be so practical if I knew this was a person that I was going to be engaging with on multiple fronts Mm -hmm. to type a note in my phone, which sounds so lame. Now everyone's like, oh man, that's not as cool (laughs) as I thought it was engaging with you. But then I could go back through and like look in my phone and be like, okay, this is kind of what we talked about last time, especially Mm -hmm. if it's somebody that I just have a hard time generating conversation with. Yes. And then it's just always easy to people feel known and cared for. If you Mm -hmm. come back in in a couple of weeks and you haven't seen them in a while and you remember to ask like, Hey, you mentioned your mom, you know, is going to the doctor this last couple of weeks or whatever. Like, how did that go? Something like that, you know, just to show that you remember and that you care. Yes. And I think that that goes along with this other idea of, you know, we need space in our lives. Like we have constant information and we rarely take time to actually process that information before moving on to the next Mm -hmm. intake. So I think that that is such a helpful way to kind of come back and process like, Hey, what was my time like with that friend? And I think that that's a super practical, practical and bridging way to help people be better question askers. Man, there's so many things I want to ask you. And I know we had more <laughs> planned that uh-huh. we could talk about in regard yeah. to question asking. We might have to have you come back on for a part two, Lauren. Oh, goodness. Maybe it's just because I love this topic. But yeah. what should our hope be? Let's leave it here. What mm. should our hope be as we embark upon the endeavor to engage others in relationship by using the tool of asking questions? 
Yeah, I think it's really simple that our hope is just always in Christ. You know, He has freed us to love Him and to love others and to invite them into this kingdom that we get to be a part of. And asking intentional questions is just that, a tool that we can use to do that well. Yes, agree. Well, if we want to do that better, Mm -hmm. what three resources would you recommend for somebody who wants to just grow in their ability to ask good questions? Yes. So my first one is a book by Paul Tripp, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. I have never read this. And it's like such a foundational book for so many people. I recommend it to every single person. His premise is that we are all people in need of change, helping people in need of change. And he really equips us with a biblical worldview. And his process of ministry is love, know, which is Mm K-N-O-W, speak, do, and all of Mm. these have questions embedded throughout them. So I just highly, highly recommend it. That's great. What else you got? Yeah. The second one is uh, a reference that earlier, David Pallison's Mm -hmm. x-ray questions. If you want to engage sanctification head on, you just head yeah. straight for those questions. <laughs> I have done those questions before, and it's true. Yes. I think I had to go do some confession after the fact. Yes. yes. <laughs> the third resource, if you are an email subscriber to Words Worth Noting, we've created this one-page document on how to study the Bible. And mm, I love that. I know that there are tons of resources out there, but I just, I still see the need so clearly for it. And it is just one page. It has question after question that, you know, you can stick this in your Bible and refer back to it when you get stuck. I need to download that. Yeah, I feel like all we've been doing is just chatting <laughs> it up and shooting the breeze yes. in here. And we're already to the three simple joys. Lauren, I know. what are three of your simple joys? <laughs> okay. I have to say... Harper, my daughter. I mean, and obviously she's a huge joy, but it's really just the everyday small Mm -hmm. interactions Mm -hmm. with her. They're just so full of delight. We'll just like look at each other and just start smiling. Oh, I wish we could have her over for a play date. The Hads and Davey would love her. So fun. She loves kids. That's so wonderful. What else you got? Yeah, the second is where we very first begin my writer's group I just cannot tell you how much I love I'm like an imposter I'm like a writer's group groupie yeah (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) it's really sweet to have community in a place that is you know feels a little bit isolating Uh sometimes so um, y'all are gonna have about 50 requests to join your writer's group (laughs) after this really Y'all should start your own because it's just awesome. So yeah, the the third one is really just being in a place where on any given day, I have a number of people I could reach out to and see if they want to go on a walk or to the park Mm -hmm. or something and just hopefully have some meaningful conversation. I love that so much. I really like Memphis. It's a fun area. Yeah, I'm grateful to live here. Well, it has just been a joy to get to know more of who you are through asking questions. So who is it, Lauren, that's had the greatest impact Mm. on your own personal journey with Jesus? Okay, this is actually the hardest question for me. I agree. Mine changes every (laughs) single time. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad to know that. You know, I I just, I can't limit the greatest impact to just one person. So. 
you know, my professors at seminary had just this immense impact on my love for Jesus by just pouring into me and challenging me and taking the time to meet one-on-one and just entrust to me the glories of God. And, you know, I can't tell you to the measure of impact my church mm-hmm. harvest mm-hmm. has had on my walk with Jesus, just mm-hmm. the beautiful gospel-driven way we do everything mm-hmm. leaves a mark on me every single week. But in, in most seasons, though, it has been a discipler. So Carmen Ray, my mom, Emily, Maggie, and just someone who has challenged me and asked me hard questions mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. pushed me yes. outside of my comfort zone and really encouraged me to do the holy work of walking more closely with Jesus. Yes, I love that so much. Thank you for helping us and aiding us in our journey to engage mm. with each other more intentionally, Lauren. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, it has been the biggest honor. Thank you so much for inviting me, Hunter. Guys, I genuinely hope that this conversation encourages you to continue growing in the skill of asking intentional questions, not only of others, but of yourself, and most importantly, in your study of God's Word. Hey, don't worry. If you missed anything, you can find the noteworthy quotes and resources from this episode on journeywomenpodcast.com. You can also hop over to social media and continue the topic of intentional question asking this week on Instagram and Facebook at journeywomenpodcast. Hey, if you're enjoying these conversations, I want to ask that you consider hopping over to Facebook and iTunes and leaving us a rating and review. Doing so helps get us connected with other women on their journeys to glorify God. Y'all, Chris Mann of Podshaper edited this week's episode. It's an absolute joy to get to journey alongside you guys. I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Bye.